You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, good lunchtime, good dinner time, good whatever you are listening to this podcast, good day to you. It is Tuesday, September 29th, and this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. That's right, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, that is one word, LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. All right, guys, you know what, you probably already read the title to this episode and what it's going to be about. Guys, we do have Kenny Goings joining me later today. How exciting is that? And you know what? You're probably wondering why on earth I'm still talking because you just want to get right to Kenny Goins. And I can't blame you. So let's just go ahead and do that. All right, guys. Before we do that, though, we got to make sure we rate, review, and subscribe to Locked on Spartans. We always love hearing from you guys in the rate and review section. So if you could do that for us, Much appreciated. All right, enough of me talking. Let's hear Kenny G talk about the Duke game, the 2019 NCAA tournament, going from walk-on to icon, and a whole lot more, guys. All right, Kenny G. All right, I am now super pumped to be joined by the former walk-on, the maker of the shot, the father of Duke basketball, and the Spartan legend, (laughs) Kenny Goins. Kenny Super pumped that you could join us. Thank you so much. How on earth are you doing over in Greece, man? Uh, I'm doing well. You know, the weather's a lot better than Michigan at the moment. But, um, you know, I'm just excited to be playing again, especially with everything going on in the world. Uh, I'm just, you know, thankful to have a job and be able to do it right now. Um, just, you know, it's a far away from away from my home and friends and family. But, you know, it's it's a paying job, so can't complain. Absolutely. And like, not in a horrible place either. Like every picture I see, like that you post, whether it be like on Twitter, or Instagram or whatever, like it, it looks absolutely gorgeous out there. <laughs> like that's, I think you kind of hit the jackpot uh, with, with the, the post college playing career so far. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been blessed to be, you know, in Sicily last year and just see all of Italy really. And then Greece is about the same weather-wise and historically everywhere you go. I mean, I went to Athens, uh, what was it, two, three days ago. We had a game out there, and even in the airport, they had a museum with things from 4,000, 5,000 years ago. It's just incredible to see the history and just everything that, you know, was the start of civilization, really. Now, speaking of history, not, not 4,000, 5,000 years ago, more like, you know, last. <laughs> uh, we're definitely going to talk about the tournament and the Duke game, but I, I just gotta, I gotta ask, are you at all getting to the point where you're tired, even just a little tired of talking about the shot? Like have, have people just gotten so many questions off about this on you that you're starting to get annoyed or is this one of the things that you can just talk about forever? I mean, I, at this point, I've kind of gotten used to realizing that it is something that I probably will talk about forever with Michigan state people and probably people outside of Michigan state, even, um, you know, it's 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 hard to really put into into real like realize it into like actually know that that might go down as one of the the biggest moments in Michigan State basketball history. As people have told me, you know, I still kind of feel like there's been better moments, but people keep trying to tell me that you know you gotta own it, and and the sooner you accept it, the easier it'll be to talk about. So I'm trying, and stuff like this helps with that. <laughs> 
No, no doubt. And you know, that, that kind of led me into my next question here is like, when you hit that shot, do you realize the gravity of the shot that he hit? Obviously, it's big to win a game and go to the Final Four, but that's going to be a shot that will get remembered 20, 30, 40 years from now from state fans. Like, Do you notice that right after the game? But I guess not. Like, I guess it's still kind of settling in for you then? No, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 kind of just crazy because, like you said, I was always just kind of a walk-on for five sure. years <laughs> and, you know, a walk-on that earned a scholarship and now to – to live up the dream of making one a, a big shot in general, let alone to go to a final four against, you know, Duke. Um, it's just hard to, to realize that this might go down for, you know, years and decades. And it's only been a year and, or a year and a couple months or something like that. And it's still like just mind blowing that it happened. And I know because of, uh, what happened in the last year and people not being able to watch the tournament, it obviously right. carried a little more weight through this year, but it's still just, it's, it's way too much for one person to comprehend in the first couple of years. Out. I mean, I, I myself have a hard time comprehending it and I was just uh, a fan on their couch at home. And still, like when I rewatched the game, like I, I still have like that anxious pit in my stomach. So like, do you ever rewatch the game or how often do you rewatch the game? And when you do, like, how do you, how do you feel watching it? Um, you know, I think I've only watched the full game after that day, probably could count on one hand, how many times I watched gotcha. the entire game. Um, you know, and three of those times was with my team <laughs> preparing yeah. for the next game. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know how many times I've been sent the the actual clip of it, or you know the Titanic music on the background sure. of it, or whatnot. <laughs> and even like you said, for for watching the forty five seconds of that is is like still, I feel everything that I felt that same night, and it really just kind of makes me miss a lot of the guys uh, that I played with. Uh, my times just as a whole at Michigan State is not so much missing that exact sure. moment, but those feelings are all still there of just being with, you know, succeeding with the guys that you bled, sweat, cried with for years and years, you know? And I, like, I don't want to bring up like the bad moment here, but like the final four obviously didn't go the, the way you guys wanted it to, but when you guys are leaving the court or the stadium or the city, like when did it kind of settle in for you that, yeah, like that was kind of a disappointing end, but like you guys accomplished a hell of a lot. Like, were you guys able to be proud of your season pretty soon after the fact or did it take a while to kind of set in that like you guys not only beat Duke but like you won two Big Ten championships beat Michigan three times just had like a hell of a year like was was that easy to get even after such a tough loss against Texas Tech um I don't know if you can ever say it's easy because especially when you get there you have such high hopes to really make it the distance um but it it definitely was a sense of pride and accomplishment amongst all of us just in the fact that you know no one really expected us to do what we did including you know probably some of us on the team with how the year had gone but you know we we made the most out of it and we just fought for each other and just that pride of being like with your brother and like I said grinding through all that just to you know to reach it to where some people had never made it to a final four for me that was my second one and it was really big to see McQuaid make it to one because he was, you know, he was about to be the second senior class that had never seen a final four in Tom Izzo's rank or in like the last, whatever it was years. So that, that was just something special for me to really, you know, to, to 
let other people see what it was like. And, you know, hopefully I was hoping that the next year might have been a little better. Unfortunately, you know, we couldn't see what the outcome was, but it, it was just a big deal for me to, to it's all about the sense of family at Michigan State, really, and just doing it for each other. Totally. You bring up McQuaid, too. So I just I'm just going to skip ahead to this question on my list right here. McQuaid puts a layup up against Duke with his back face to the backboard. What's what's going through your head as he's doing this circus 360 shot balls in the air hasn't gone through the hoop yet? Are you just thinking like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Or what's what's going on in your head? Yeah, I mean, I think I was still kind of like just crossing half court at that point or something. No, I, I was closer for sure. But I. I just remember seeing him shooting. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta get the. Oh, sorry, sorry for my language. Oh shoot, I gotta go get the the rebound. You know, <laughs> I, I really gotta go uh, follow up. Right, and he goes in, and I'm just like, what? What the hell, man? <laughs> it's just one of those things where you've seen Matt McQuaid make time and time again big shots, but nothing like that. Nothing where you're not even looking at the rim throwing it up. I don't know how many people can actually do that, to be honest. No, of course not. And like we, so we McQuaid on a few months ago. We asked him about that shot, and I want to ask your opinion on this. What would the film session have been like if he missed that layup? What What would the room have been like with the coaches <laughs> had, had he missed that layup in that moment? <sighs> I don't even know. Loud, <laughs> loud to, to even try and think about that would be would be you know out of this world maybe maybe something of you know why didn't you go up like a man or stronger <laughs> but at the end of the day he made it so it didn't really matter what the film session looked like sure. you know i think we all kind of watched that and was just like congratulations i'm making one of the craziest shots <laughs> And so, like, every fan remembers – speaking of, like, going up like a man, every fan remembers, like, Tillman Duncan on Delorier, uh, your shot, then bounce pass. Is there a play down that final stretch that you think gets overlooked or that fans don't appreciate enough? I mean, McQuaid dunked on Delorier, too. That's true. Yeah, that right off right the bat. Too. That was a tone setter. Actually, the tone setter was your dunk right off the bat, too. Like, that, that had to have felt good flushing one home. That's like a we're here moment to start the game for you guys. Yeah, yeah, just for me to fall and yeah, just for me to fall and can't blame you. <laughs> yeah. But um I think maybe down the stretch one that kind of gets overlooked is uh the the one that Cassius had where he kind of split the defense and drove down the lane and then threw it up to X for the lob kind of yeah. layup. That was that was a big one just to keep us in the game, you know. I think that might have been actually right before my shot. I think it was, yeah. If I, I think remember that, that correctly. was to cut it to like yeah. a one-possession game out of a timeout, I believe. Yeah, that was uh, right. dicey. So that's, that's like one of the things, like, as as you know, Cash is kind of a magician, and he had been doing it all year. But, you know, I don't know if X would have made the dunk had he gone up off third on that. I'm not saying X isn't a great athlete. It's just, you know, 39 minutes into the game or something. Sure. So. <laughs> Just the, the smarts of him not really trying to take the floater and X just making sure that he made it. That I mean, we don't win the game unless we're in range of one point for me to end up making the shot. Gang, we are going to be right back with Kenny G in a hot minute. But first, I have to talk to you once again about Built Bar. That's right, BuiltBar.com. And oh my goodness gracious, you will not believe what's in front of my eyes right now. I'm looking at a screen with 19 flavors of protein bar on BuiltBar.com. Are you kidding me right now? All right, let's go through the flavors as fast as I can. Peanut butter. 
coconut almond, mint brownie, coconut, salted caramel, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, orange, raspberry, cherry barcia, toffee almond, German chocolate cake, carrot cake with walnuts, banana nut bread, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, apple almond crisp, lemon almond cheesecake, and one more, pumpkin chocolate chip cookie. I'm going to need you to guess how many calories are in that right now. It's 130. All right. Well, how many grams of protein? It's 17 grams. Guys, it is low in calories, high in protein. It's like that for all their flavors. Go to builtbar.com, smash in promo code locked on. That's going to lop $10 off your next order. Builtbar.com, locked on, $10 off back in your pockets. One more time. It's builtbar.com. Promo code locked on, just one word, guys, smash it in all caps. That's going to get you $10 off your next order. Totally. Okay, so allow me to be the probably the 700th person to ask you this question, but what was the huddle like before the shot and then breaking out of the huddle? Like, just what was that whole sequence like? I'm sorry that's such a broad question that you've probably gotten all the time, but uh, just one, one more time just to rehash it. No, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I've got pretty good at answering it, to Very be honest. honest. <laughs> um, well, the, the play wasn't ever designed for me, which is probably not the best thing to say, but it's the honest thing to say. It sure. was designed to throw a lob to X off the Cassius pick, and then if the lob wasn't there, then go into a ball screen with Cassius and uh, uh, see if we could do something there. But um, all year, it just been... Oh, you want to know about the huddle. I'll go to the huddle first. So oh, they, they draw up the play. They tell me what I need to do. And then they, they kind of start talking about other options or what we need to do. And honestly, I just kind of blacked out as soon as I heard what the play was and how he wanted it run. I just, for me, I'm always a person that I, I like to visualize and then attack. So I just started thinking of all the positive outcomes. And none of them, <laughs> none of them had me making the shot. Um, before actually going onto the floor, like kind of all year, the coaches, uh, my teammates had been right behind me saying, like, we need you to shoot. You need to shoot anytime you're open, you know, be ready and let it go. And he overhelped a little much on the Cassius cut. And, <laughs> you know, the rest is kind of history. I was going to say, because, like, I have the picture downstairs of you hitting the shot over Zion. But was Zion in your sight at all, or did he just, like, kind of come out of nowhere as, as he does famously? Oh, man. He was, he was in my sight, but it was, it was enough to where he had blocked the other one, maybe, I don't know, three or four minutes right before that, uh, to where I kind of gauged how far, because no one can cover ground like him. Yeah. <laughs> There's not an athlete on the world, maybe, you know, LeBron and, some Maybe it was prime, yeah, but right. <laughs> even then, I, I don't know. I don't know if people can cover ground like what he did to block the three that I took it right before that. Totally. So it was just you know I had I had saw that he was one or two steps a little deeper than he was before, and then even when I let it go, as soon as I released, I couldn't see anything but him. <laughs> like I saw his arm, his hand kind of push right through my face. And then next thing I know, I just saw like the net kind of curl up at the end and the ball going down through the through the bottom of it. And yeah, it was it was it was hard to really judge that I wanted to shoot that. But sometimes, you know, just after five years of doing something or even like that whole year of shooting, how I did, it was just like instinct, muscle memory and, you know, just let it fly. 
course, and thank God you did. Appreciate that. I'm <laughs> having a Spartan Nation. Thank you for letting it fly, man. Um, <laughs> when, when that when that shot fell through, I got to be honest. Like I just got like this sick feeling in my stomach because I felt like, oh shit, this is the moment right here. Like this, like it's it's put up our shop time right now. Like my, my dad's losing his mind in the family room. He's screaming. I'm yelling. I'm just silent, burying my head. Like when you talk to fans about the shot, like what's the weirdest reaction that you've heard? Or like what I guess what's the most memorable or weird fan interaction that you've had? over this game any anyone that stick out to Band you interaction yeah or or just like anything oh, that man. sticks out to you like when talking to fans about this game in general i guess well if you if you look back on the on the game i think my favorite one has to be with our coach fife yes um, <laughs> yeah back and you watch the film and he's just sitting there with his legs like completely spread out and his arms crossed because he was not not happy with what was <laughs> transpiring at the moment <laughs> you know it, I, I don't have any problems with what you know i love all the coaches including him but it was just like in that moment to watch him look like that it, it just kind of you know it, it's a goofy reaction for anyone to have <laughs> it, it looked like especially sitting on the bench like, uh, it, it, he was like in the waiting room of a dentist's office like waiting on his appointment for 45 minutes like he, right. he looked like he'd be anywhere else <laughs> in the entire world then watching dc that day <laughs> <laughs> cool customer, right. everyone else is like kind of on their feet even if it didn't go in they were on their feet ready to you know boo, sure. react however they wanted and you know go get his teeth pulled sure exactly so on the contrary like who who's the biggest hype man on the bench and it doesn't have to be a coach either like it could be a teammate as well like who who was the guy that's just always gassing oh, you up for sure connor george he gets okay. up anybody Sure, absolutely. Oh, Connor God, we George had him about a few weeks ago. He, me ever. Yeah, he, he was the man. Yeah, no, Connor George is the best hype man you could ask for in any sport, any aspect of life. If you want to be positive, you go to Connor George. <laughs> Not a bad place to start, man. <laughs> and so, like, actually, to go even beyond the Duke game, earlier on in the tournament, the Bradley game. So, you guys obviously had a few years ago, Middle Tennessee State, the, the Syracuse games, like a few like disappointing tournament things. Mm. So when you guys go down to halftime, down against Bradley, was, was that like a oh crap moment, or like what, what was the locker room scene like there, or is it not even safe for families to hear how the locker room scene was not, that day? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I, I think most of the halftimes are pretty explicit enough to where you don't want families to hear sure. all right get the children but out yeah for that season in particular right but for that season in particular we had had so many games that we were down going into halftime against you know anybody we were i think in wisconsin we were down by like maybe six or seven uh iowa we are always down um you know it, it's been times where we've had like over and over again, fought our way back. And so it was nothing new to us. You know, we had sat in the locker room. Coach Izzo said what he needed to say, and then all of us looked around, and we were like, this is nothing new to us. Now yeah. let's go play our game that we know we can play, and we'll make it out in advance, and, you know, we'll worry about the next game then. We came out as, you know, as cool as we could be, and just, you know, everything that we did, it was just methodical. We started locking up. Not even really making shots, but we we just attacked the hole, got to the rim. It was it was all season like that that we just fought back, fought through adversity, fought through anything that was happening to to succeed, and you know it ended up being being the our kind of like um, what do you call it? You know something you lean on at the end of the day. Totally. 
Guys, remember how warm and fuzzy that shot by Kenny Goins against Duke made you feel and just like how great it looked? Take that shot, take that great feeling, how that made your body feel, and take how stylish that was, and put that on a clothing brand. That's homefield.com. They make you feel great with their super soft clothing. They make you look great with their retro designs. And guys, let's say that, you know, you're a huge fan of the green and white, but you went to a different school like Central, Eastern, Western, perhaps Northern Michigan, or what if it's Grand Valley State, or Ferris State, or Wayne State, or UDM, or Hope College, Fire Up Dutch, by the way. They have designs for those schools as well, and they also have a promo code to use. It is on Spartans at homefieldapparel.com. Homefieldapparel.com, smash promo code on Spartans in there. You are getting 20% off your first purchase. Who cares if it's not even October yet? Let's start. Let's get the holiday shopping rolling here, because if you're like me, it's going to be December 23rd before you know it, and uh-oh, I haven't shopped for anyone. So let's visit homefieldapparel.com, throw promo code on Spartans, that's one word, into the box. That's going to get you 20% off your first order, and it's going to make a lot of your family and friends happy, too, if you give them as gifts. And let's just say you keep it for yourself. Well, congratulations. You're the most stylish person amongst your family and friends group. Guys, that is homefieldapparel.com. Promo code on Spartans, 20% off the most comfortable clothing you will ever wear. And I, I guess it's a little bit adversity here, but I thought more so it was just like the dumbest thing in the world, but I have to get your opinion on it was the Izzo yelling at Aaron Henry thing. Like, those people, everyone that took that story and ran with it, okay, get, get, God. Um, so was that like a thing for you guys at all? Or were you guys so locked into the tournament that like it wasn't really a thing that you even could focus on if you tried? People, for us, it just seemed like people were trying to make a big deal out of nothing. You know, people right. were reaching at stars or something like that. Right. It was, it was, everyone knows what Izzo's coaching or is like and how he's going to treat you as a player. But there's no one that will back you as much as him at the end of the day as a person, as a basketball player, like he, he will care for you on and off the floor. I'm like anyone else, but you're going to have to put up with what he does on the court, put up with what you do on the court. So as people came around and asked us, we all were just like, you know, you say whatever you want. We know what it is and we're going to keep playing. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was completely nothing to us. It was like fabricated. Sure. Made up oh, stories yeah. that people wanted to post. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, can you believe he's talking to his players like that? It's like, yep, been watching him do it for the better part of twenty something years. So, you, yeah. yes, I, yes, I can believe that. Um, just I, one more question right. about like, you the actual practices, <laughs> oh, dude. I, I, so, I was lucky enough to follow the team, cover the team in twenty fourteen for the state news, like the student newspaper. We got some practice access, and I, I myself, I wasn't even in the practice. I walked out of those practices sometimes, like it changed as a person. I can't imagine what it was like as a player getting lit up by, by Izzo and some of the other coaches too. Right. And uh, like, that's what I said. It, it, we all knew though, coming here, what it was going to be like. It's not like he ever hides this. Right. Like, exactly. <laughs> the people he was recruiting, we all knew who he was and how he coached coming in. And that's what we wanted. We wanted to him for him to challenge us, make us better people and advance our careers, you know, and, and it's exactly what he promised you. As long as you work hard, take whatever he's giving and learn from it. And just to go back to the tournament, you so see you guys get past Bradley. 
Were you as excited as probably me and a lot of other fans were that you got seemingly an inevitable 20-point win against Minnesota coming up in the second round? Because it seemed like you guys always, always, always had their number, no matter what. So on one hand, yeah, it might be a little annoying to see another Big Ten team already in the second round, but Minnesota, this that's not the worst draw in the world for, for the Spartans then. No, I mean, for all of us, and especially the upperclassmen, we knew and have been told, but also experienced it, that the hardest thing to do is to beat a team three or four times in a year. Gotcha. Because, yeah, you might have had their number the first, the second time, might have learned and are hungrier now because of what you did the first or the second time. So all of us took that game like it was, you know, a Final Four game type deal. We, we took it as serious as if not more than other games because we knew that they knew us and things could be completely different in that game. I think that's also kind of why the outcome ended up the way it did. Totally. And also, like, speaking of beating a team three times, you also did that against Michigan, obviously. I, I can't stop thinking about it. It's the best thing in the world. But <laughs> when you come back home in Michigan, and, like, obviously, I'm sure you have yeah. run-ins with Michigan fans. Like, how, how talkative are they about that? Or, like, what, what, what do you hear from that side of the table? You know, Michigan people always want to talk until – you want to talk about the present and how they're doing now. Sure. And then all of a sudden they want to talk about 50 years ago. And, you know, it's cool, right. you know. Everyone's got their things, their talking points, and their, their, their that year. I definitely had that year and other years. We definitely had our bragging rights. And they might not have been talkative, but I sure as hell was. <laughs> oh, why? Yeah, why not? I, I, I'm talkative about it. I wasn't even a player. I very, very, very little to do with uh, the outcomes of the games. If I was in your situation, I'd... Shoot, I'd wear it on a T-shirt all the time or something, man. I never stop talking about it. Um, do right. you mind if I just like get one more Got question off and then? We'll, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, just the last oh, question I had. Like, I, I don't mean to get like super deep with it, but let's just get deep with it right now. Like, so five, six, seven years ago, you come to MSU as a walk-on. You leave with more than 500 points, a few Big Ten titles in hand. Like you, you are whether it's settled in or not. You are a Spartan legend now for that shot and the performance throughout the tournament. Like, going back six, seven years, like, if I told you all that and you looked at everything that you accomplished, what would your reaction have been as a senior in high school heading into your freshman year at college? To be honest, um, that was the reason I went to Michigan State was because I believed I could do it. And, like, even when you said it, that, like, oh, you know, I'm a legend. Like, I I don't really believe it is that because, like I said, it's still hard to grasp. I still kind of, like, got goosebumps when you said it, but – as a as a senior in high school, the only reason I went to Michigan State was because I believed that I could work my way to a starting spot, you know, make a difference there. And, you know, I could compete with the, the people they were bringing in besides me, not just compete, but also make them better and they would make me better. That, that was that was the whole reason that I decided to walk on there. And people might not have believed in me. You know, my best friends told me they didn't expect it to be what it was my my family has told me you know they expected me to succeed but not like this sure and the whole time you know it was it was me believing in me and that's that's I don't think I would be as surprised as you would expect maybe if you explained everything that happened in the last couple months of my season I would be a little shocked but Mm -hmm. you know I, I always this is always how I planned for it to be and that's the reason that I took the gamble and went with myself that's big time, man. And, that, and that's a fantastic and deep answer. And at the end of uh, player interviews, sometimes we do a lightning round, which is a little more quirky. Do you mind following up that great deep answer with like a quirky little like lightning round session right now? 
<laughs> yeah, no, we can do that for sure. There you go. Cool. All right. All right. I'll send you on your way here. You've been very generous with your time. So th- thanks a ton, man. All right. So these are six questions. There's not a real stopwatch, but I will start the fake stopwatch right now. All right. Most annoying fan base. Mm, Michigan or Kentucky. Okay. Solid. Assistant coach that you gelled with the most. OG. Mike Garland. OG. Absolutely. <laughs> fan favorite. Uh, and uh, hardest working teammate. Tum Tum or probably Matt McQuaid. Uh, Denzel or Bryn, too. Sorry. I'm no, that's crazy. Right, please. <laughs> <laughs> Something to narrow down to one. Uh, and this is probably another tough one to narrow down to one, but loudest you've ever heard Breslin Center? Um, Ohio, Ohio State, Valentine's Day, when Denzel hit the Valentine's Day shot. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one to beat. Uh, best bar in East Lansing? Oof. <sighs> you know, I didn't frink with the bars all that much. Yeah, I don't know. They're all, you know, kind of sketchy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Lou, Lou and Harry's at this point. All right, there we go. And last but not least, uh, funniest teammate at MSU? Oh, man. That's a tough one. Uh, I got to go with pairs. Denzel and Bryn were pretty funny. Uh, Marcus, Gabe, and Aaron were a hell of a riot. But <laughs> also, Connor George by himself was just crazy. <laughs> man, hype man and team comedian. He, he's, he's the total package. What, what more could you want out, out of your uh, benchmate there? That's, Absolutely. That's big time. He's one of the best teammates. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Kenny, I, I can't appreciate you enough uh, for just arranging this and, uh, you know, giving us all your time to talk for probably the thousandth time <laughs> about everything. But no, man, on a serious note, really do appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with everything going on in Greece and the rest of your season out there, man. No, thank you so much. Um, you know, it's good to hear from another American anytime I can, to be honest <laughs> with you. So 